Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is 7 News with Natalie Barr. Good morning. Angry anti-lockdown demonstrators are being slammed for holding a violent protest in Melbourne. Ten people were arrested outside state parliament as they clashed with police, sending one officer to hospital. Protesters stood together in defiance over the lockdown, but some also labelled coronavirus so a conspiracy. I unfortunately received a lot of communication from these conspiracy theorists myself. It is complete nonsense. I understand people have the right to protest, but they should not be breaching those social distancing rules. Police say all those caught breaking the rules will be issued with $1,600 fines. The New South Wales Premier is urging residents to remain vigilant ahead of tough coronavirus restrictions easing this week. Gladys Berejiklian is defending the decision not to lift lockdown laws until Friday, despite thousands of students returning to the classroom today. Over the weekend, video of packed shopping centres made experts nervous with warnings of increased community transmission if social distancing is ignored. South Australians are waking up to a little extra freedom this morning with COVID-19 restrictions easing. Public pools and libraries are back open and limited outdoor dining at restaurants and cafes is available. But some businesses have decided it's not worth reopening. Instead, sticking to takeaway options until more people can dine in. The Australian economy is predicted to take years to recover from the coronavirus pandemic as the government faces the two largest budget deficits in history. Political reporter Olivia Leeming is in Canberra. Olivia, huge deficits are being forecast. Yeah, now that it is hardly surprising given the massive amount of government spending that has had to be laid out to help Australians through this pandemic. But we could be facing a deficit of $143 billion this year. That's the forecast from Deloitte Access Economics. They're then predicting the deficits will shrink down to $32 billion within four years. So the recovery is expected to be slow, made worse by high unemployment. Not only has the government had to subsidise the wages of millions of Australians in businesses forced to shut down, uh, but they won't receive anywhere near the, uh, the level of tax revenue that they would otherwise. The Treasurer will give an update tomorrow on the state of the economy. Uh, typically this week he would be handing down the federal budget. That has been put off until October. Josh Frydenberg warning that there is no money tree and resisting pressure from business and labour to consider extending the job keeper payment for workers beyond that 
that six-month deadline that has been set out. So uh, this outlook being forecast, it is confronting, but entirely expected, Nat. Olivia, thank you. School principals are being exposed to record levels of violence by parents and students. A 2019 survey found nearly one in three face stress and burnout from their jobs, including high levels of threats and physical violence. The coronavirus pandemic has added to the stress, but researchers say there is a positive. COVID-19 could trigger a new wave of community appreciation for their work. Students in New South Wales and Queensland will head back to the classroom today. Staggered start times and temperature checks will greet thousands of students in the Sunshine State as restrictions ease. New South Wales schools have been deep cleaned and stocked up with cleaning products. Parents are being told they should send their children back. However, it is not compulsory. Businesses have been given the go-ahead to refuse service to people who display flu-like symptoms and for bosses to send home employees who attempt to work while they're sick. They're part of a raft of new measures created to prevent a second wave of COVID-19 transmission. Health officials are due to meet public transport authorities today to discuss a blueprint for return to work. The special commission into the ill-fated Ruby Princess will resume today as authorities try to work out who's to blame. The coronavirus-riddled vessel is currently anchored in Manila Bay with hundreds still stuck on board. Filipino health authorities will have to COVID-19 test every crew member while also conducting health checks for more than a dozen other banished luxury ocean liners. An Australian doctor has reinvented an age-old piece of medical equipment to help patients breathe a little easier. He spent eight years perfecting an oxygen mask, which he says will save lives. It's a new take on a very old device. Ironically, it's one of the most simple, oldest and commonly used oxygen system that runs the highest rate of mistakes. This dedicated doctor is determined to improve and save the lives of patients around the world with his reinvented oxygen mask. It features an orange indicator, which allows healthcare workers to see that oxygen is actually flowing. Traditionally, it's been hard to tell. We might lift the mask off to listen for the hissing. That, that puts us in that danger zone, of potentially infecting ourselves with you know, viral plume. The global pandemic has reinforced the importance of oxygen therapy, which is routinely used on most patients after surgery. But delivery often fails because of empty tanks, half-turned switches and disconnected tubing. A recent survey of 511 patients found 37 didn't have oxygen delivered properly, something the new mask should correct. It really does give us uh, an edge on making sure we've got another layer of safety for patient care. The TGA-approved invention has been trialled and rolled out here at St Vincent's Hospital, with Dr Matusik donating the first 2,000 masks manufactured in Melbourne. A simple idea that will save lives. Jackie Quist, 7 News. In other news this morning, the Porsche driver allegedly involved in the crash that killed four police officers in Melbourne last month will mount a bid for freedom today. Richard Pusey will apply for bail at the Melbourne Magistrates Court. He is charged with nine offences, including driving at a dangerous speed and drug possession. 
Police allege the 41-year-old was caught doing 149 kilometres per hour while under the influence of methamphetamine and cannabis. The federal government is set to unveil a new $650 million support package to help towns and regions impacted by the summer's devastating bushfire season. About two-thirds of that money will go straight to bushfire-affected communities to deliver local recovery plans. The remaining funds will support forestry, mental health, environmental recovery and telecommunications. The mother of a murdered Melbourne woman has spoken exclusively to Seven News, revealing her agony as a nationwide hunt for her daughter's killer continues. It's been a week since Ellie Price's body was found in her home. Her boyfriend, Ricardo Barbaro, is on the run. I feel so bad because you're supposed, mother's supposed to protect their kids and I didn't protect her or I couldn't be there to help her. The family is now raising Ellie's young son. Homicide detectives warn anyone who's hiding Barbaro could face accessory charges. Queensland has a new deputy premier and treasurer after Jackie Trad resigned from her ministerial roles. Touted as a future Labor leader, Ms Trad stood down after revelations she was facing her second corruption investigation in 12 months. Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk has been forced into a cabinet reshuffle, naming Health Minister Stephen Miles as her new deputy. The new leadership team will be sworn in today as Ms Trad moves to the backbench. If you're scared of sharks, look away now. A large school was spotted off Stradbroke Island, east of Brisbane at the weekend. A drone captured dozens swimming in shallow waters at Amity Banks. Luckily, no one was swimming nearby. Almost 8,000 people have seen the video online. The Chinese city of Wuhan, where the coronavirus outbreak began, has recorded its first new case of COVID-19 in more than a month. China's National Health Commission has confirmed what could be the beginning of a new wave of coronavirus cases in northeast China. 14 new cases of COVID-19 have been recorded in the past 24 hours, the country's highest daily toll since April 28. China designated all areas of the country as low risk last week. At the height of the pandemic, confronting scenes inside hospitals and crematoriums out of one town in northern Italy shocked the rest of the world into action. Our team has now travelled there to find out how one of the virus epicentres is emerging from this fight. The town of Bergamo is known for its history, its Venetian walls and enchanting streets. But most recently for its tragic encounter with COVID-19. Everything happened so fast and so in really like two weeks time we found ourselves in the middle of this pandemic. This is the liveliest it's been here in months. Alessandro and several of his relatives had the virus. Some spent weeks in hospital. In these three weeks they didn't know if they, they will survive or not. So many didn't. For example in my building, in a building of 20 apartments, 20 flats, four people died. In March, deaths in Bergamo skyrocketed 568% higher than previous years. Images of overwhelmed hospitals and army convoys transporting coffins was a wake-up call to the world. 
It was a disaster for families, says his funeral director. They couldn't see the dead and they couldn't say goodbye. As of this week, funerals are permitted. People can visit lost loved ones, but only after temperature checks. The country's infection rate is down, but still more than a thousand new cases recorded in the past 24 hours. These smaller, harder hit cities and villages are following the same reopening schedule as the rest of Italy, but there is a much greater sense of caution here. In this region, face coverings are mandatory at all times in public. Not wearing one can result in an $850 fine. We have to open with caution. Everyone must respect the rules, wear a mask and stay metres apart. We've been through something. I wouldn't wish on anyone. And they know they can't afford to go through it again. In Bergamo, Sarah Greenolch, 7 News. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has addressed the nation, unveiling his roadmap out of lockdown. He's announced a three-step plan beginning from tomorrow with unlimited exercise allowed and the public encouraged to go back to work. In step two, schools and shops will reopen in June. Throughout this period of the next two months, we will be driven not by mere hope or economic necessity. We're going to be driven by the science, the data and public health. In step three, the hospitality industry will open in July. The Queen will withdraw from public duties for months as the coronavirus crisis continues in the UK. The 94-year-old monarch will remain at Windsor Castle indefinitely. Royal aides say she has no engagements and won't leave Windsor, where she's isolating with Prince Philip, until the threat clears. The Queen's last public engagement was the Commonwealth Day service in March. However, she recently gave two speeches to rally the nation. Well, long before the COVID crisis, 2020 was marked as the year of the nurse. Now we are relying on them more than ever. A new exhibition is showcasing how these selfless heroes have stepped up throughout history, one pandemic after another. While the latest pandemic has turned the world upside down for former nurse Anne Thompson, who treated thousands with infectious diseases, it's all part of the job. When I was working in the infectious disease block was uh, gastroenteritis. The little babies would come in just flat. Back in the late 1800s, Little Bay Beach in Sydney South was turned into a makeshift hospital to treat those with smallpox. The patients with smallpox were isolated, intense, but isolated by a wall. The Prince Henry Hospital later set up nearby, now a museum dedicated to honouring former nurses like Lee Dunn, who worked here in the 70s. There were a lot of hepatitis people there at the time, but also a lot of children with gastro. Coronavirus, a reminder of what so many endured before modern medicine. The schools were closed, people had to wear masks, there was self-isolation. The World Health Organization had declared the year 2020 the year of the nurse even before COVID hit. Now the exhibition showcases just how vital our nurses are. The exhibition will be showcased virtually with more information on our website. Samantha Brett, 7 News. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? 
Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.